0: Bank branches have gone through a lot since the arrival of COVID-19, and it remains to be seen what additional changes may lie in store for them. This week's podcast guest is Sue Dowd, Senior VP of Retail Strategy at Miller Zell. Sue is here to discuss current trends in branch design and what financial institutions are doing to make their lobbies safer for customers and employees. Actionable insights can help power smart decisions. Each week, the BAI Banking Strategies podcast focuses on important issues facing financial services leaders, as well as the emerging trends that are rapidly reshaping the financial industry. I'm Terry Badger, your host and the Managing Editor at BAI. Pull up a chair and join us. Bank branches were already evolving when the coronavirus arrived last spring, and the pandemic has only added to that state of change. Joining us to talk about what's going on in branch design now and what may be coming down the road is Sue Dowd, SVP of Retail Strategy at MillerZell. Sue, we appreciate having you on the BAI Banking Strategies podcast.
1: Hey, thanks, Terry. So happy to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: So Sue, can you start by telling us a little bit more about MillerZell, what the company does, how long you've been around, who the client base is, that sort of stuff?
1: Yeah, I work for a really cool company. MillerZell is based in Atlanta, Georgia. We work with really some of the largest retailers in the country in the areas of store design and the shopper experience. And for the banking vertical, that means we add what I like to call the branded layer to the branch environments. That could include anything from interior design, interior signage to merchandising and digital signage as well
0: timing of this conversation is great then, because obviously, COVID-19 has been a huge disruption for current bank branch operations. I'd imagine this pandemic-related disruption to branches means you're all pretty busy at Miller's Zell, right?
1: Yeah, it was sort of surprising, I'd say, Terry. Obviously, banks are essential businesses, so they needed to really keep their doors open to the extent that they could. And our job was to help our clients communicate clearly that the branches were open and that they were operational, functional, but the customers could come to the branch, that they could come inside, that the branches were being disinfected, kept clean. We really needed to communicate that. I think if you think about back then, and even still now, even as you approach a retail store, all the different signs and notices on the exterior doors of the supermarket even. There were just mandated notices from the government, but also from the supermarket itself. And also at the local level, the the store manager might put up a handwritten sign as well. But for our banking clients, we needed to help them organize this information. So it was really clear to customers that are approaching a branch that they understand that it's open and that they're welcome to come in. We really helped our clients uh, quite a bit with things like sneeze guards. So those acrylic shields or dividers that were installed in between tellers and customers or even at banker desks as well. So we did an awful lot back then to work with our clients to make sure that branches were up and running for customer use.
0: Sue, before we get too deep into this conversation, let's travel back a bit to olden times. And by olden times, I mean the fall of 2019. I know it may be a little hard To remember back that far, especially with everything that's happened this year, what do you recall being the main trends and issues you were dealing with back then at the branch level?
1: Well, it's probably even a little further back than that. So over the last decade, it's all been about transaction migration and how do we move simple or, or the more basic teller transactions and transactions that customer need when they go to visit the branch? How do we offload those to other channels? How do we move them to digital channels, to the ATM, to online, their mobile phone, just other places? So then in I'd say it was more around 2018 to 2019, the bank sort of had this aha moment that, well, we don't want to drive foot traffic away from the branches. We still want to have conversations with customers and we still want to meet them face to face. So really our work in 2018 and 2019 especially was okay, yes, we need to help migrate transactions away from traditional channels, but we really want to help customers understand that they can come to us for guidance and advice.
0: Compared to 2018, compared to 2019, how have those priorities changed as a result of the virus?
1: In a way, they haven't. That's still the goal. Our clients are still looking to move those transactions to other channels. But the difference is that it might even be in the terminology now, face-to-face is almost a not a comfortable term these days. So it's more about how do we continue to help make personal connections between customers and banks? So we want that to happen still at the branch level. It just might be communicated a little differently.
0: So, not only is COVID having a current impact, but it's also creating a lot of questions, a lot of uncertainty about the future of branches. So, when you're speaking with your clients and your prospects now, does dealing with COVID, planning around COVID, does that tend to dominate those conversations?
1: Yeah, you know, I think back in March and April, even into May, every conversation started with COVID, it started with the pandemic. We were really trying to handle the crisis at the moment. And now it's shifted that it's really part of the consideration set as a client of ours might come to us, a banking client comes to us with a project. It may be something that we consider and we always bring it up as part of the conversation with our clients, but it's not necessarily the leading discussion. That being said, I think also there's a what we call this grace period. While customers sort of gave everybody a period of time where they're like, you know what, it's okay, whatever you can do to pull it together to open your branch for me, that's great. I'm so happy you're all open. You know, now a little time has passed and there's an expectation that there's more professionalism going on here and that really the banks need to present themselves in a really professional manner at this point.
0: What do you mean by that in a more professional manner?
1: Yeah. So I guess in a more thoughtful approach, it almost didn't matter before how you got the sneeze guard. And if you're attaching it with a hammer and nails to the teller line, so be it. If it didn't look quite as pretty, that was fine. I mean, now we're really looking at things when we're looking at branch design, we're looking at things like the millwork and the furniture systems and should maybe a sneeze guard be integrated with that moving forward. So it just has a more professional appearance overall.
0: So one of the trends in recent years has been smaller branch locations as financial institutions seek to right-size their real estate footprint and costs as customers do more of their banking digitally. So is that trend still intact for de novo branches and or renovations, given that keeping that social distance is so front of mind these days?
1: Yeah, I mean, really, the right sizing of branches continues, the consolidation continues. I think we're all seeing expansion into new markets, but certainly smaller footprint is important as well. So that's certainly a continuation, but I think we're looking at a smarter use of the space overall. So things like the furniture and the seating, how are people congregating now? As we invite customers into a smaller branch setting, how do we configure that so there are different options for things like seating? The waiting area might not be crowded from one corner to the other with seats or couches or things that might make people uncomfortable, given today's world. It's looking at maybe different types of seating configurations. Maybe there is more cafe-style seating in the lobby or the waiting area, maybe as you get deeper into the branch, there's booth style seating similar to what you might see at a diner where you can still have a comfortable conversation with a banker, but maybe not go as deep as into their offices if that's less comfortable for you. And then in the office setting, even um, back in a banker's office, you know, there could be a different sort of seating configuration there as well. And for the foreseeable future, some sort of sneeze guard
0: the bank or the credit union decides the location. They decide the square footage based on data like area demographics, foot traffic, car traffic, that sort of thing. And then they bring you in to maximize the value of that space, right? So what goes into your part? What do you take into account? And how has that changed with COVID, if at all?
1: So many of our clients build what they see as the ultimate branch of the future, or they might call it their concept branch or their prototype branch. So they've designed some ultimate branch. We may have helped them with that design. Where we really come into play is kind of taking the idea of what's the essence of that branch and what's the essence of that experience that you're creating and how do you infuse the flavor of that into the rest of your network. So that's sort of a sweet spot for us because we see so many banks fall down where they invested all kinds of time and money and creating the perfect branch, and the perfect branch experience. And so now they have one branch that meets that criteria and they have so many other branches so many cases, large banks, as they acquired other banks back in the day, they also acquired a number of bank branches that may not be that attractive. They may be run down. Uh, They just might not be configured very well. And so while you have this one beautiful, shiny concept branch or branch of the future, how do you really try to lift all the ships? So so again, our idea is to take that concept branch, take the essence of that and create what we call a kit of parts. So we really boil it down to several key components that from a visual and an experiential perspective can be applied to a large number of your branches and maybe a light renovation or a light sort of refresh program. Where COVID comes into play, it's sort of just rethinking that kit of parts and to take into consideration some of the things like the social distancing and the needs of today that we think may actually continue to play a part in the branch experience for a while to come.
0: Our focus has been mainly on COVID, but there are secular trends within banking that also stand to affect branch operations and branch design. You mentioned consolidation within the industry. And then there's also the push toward personalization. Can you talk about those and maybe other trends from a branch design standpoint?
1: You know, when I think of personalization, I mean, there's certainly the advice and guidance we were talking about, but there's another level to it or another layer to it as well. And that's what we call localization. And it's been a trend for quite a while, especially in retail. And so you see it With many retailers like a Whole Foods and you walk into a Whole Foods and they might have a a local mural or a local artist that created a mural right when you enter the store. Whole Foods is able to perhaps do this on a different level because they offer physical, tangible products and they can also offer locally made and locally sourced products in their stores. So that's a little different than what we can offer at the branch level. However, at the branch level, we can work to help localize the environment. So as a customer walks in to help it really feel like the branch and the bank is part and parcel to their community. So that might come to life in ways such as a large photograph of the neighborhood that's on the wall in the branch. That's one way. We've done other things for clients where maybe we had sort of a a wallpaper made out of a listing of street names in the areas. As customers come in, they might look for their street name on the wall. So there are ways to really help connect the bank to the community in that local or personal level. Another great example that we did for a client last year was an interactive kiosk. So it was a merchandising element, but we had provided to the bank And to all of their branches with this kiosk, there was yellow sticky notes with some Sharpies as well. So what they were to do for this particular campaign or this particular period of time They asked customers to give shout outs to local businesses. So a customer might write on the sticky and put up on the kiosk, check out Al's Pizzeria down the street, that sort of thing. So it kind of was a great way to connect with the community, but really have the community take a big part in helping and supporting small businesses without the bank necessarily favoring any one business over another.
0: Based on your interactions with clients, what trends have you noticed and maybe what general sense are you getting about what branches might look like in the coming years and what their value add role might be as digital banking continues to grow so quickly? Maybe a good place to start with that is the teller windows. As you
1: walk into a typical or traditional bank branch, even today, lots of times you see these enormous teller lines, you know, a super long counter that may have had eight teller stations at it, maybe 10. And it's sort of cavernous. And you'll walk in and there may only be a handful of tellers working there. So over time, there's been less need to have that much space used for that purpose. So one of the things we've been doing for a number of clients has been helping to really redesign those teller lines and that experience. While the branch may decide, okay, we really need three stations. The rest of that teller line may be blocked off. And so there's a big wall now. And what we want to do is make sure the wall doesn't look like an afterthought, that it really looks like part of the integrated design of the branch. And to also, importantly, not make it look like we just put a wall in the place where your favorite teller used to sit. We try to put something engaging on that wall But it's interesting because behind the wall, some of our clients are using that extra space for things that may typically take place elsewhere, like in a call center. So they might actually have inbound and outbound calling behind the wall, not in customer view, which is really a great use of the space whenever Bankers that have been in more traditional office spaces within the branch that are visible to the client whenever they're making outbound calls or taking inbound calls, it seems to the customer that is waiting in a lobby, it seems that they're just not being cared for or paid attention to. It's just great to really be able to rethink your space in a way that works for both the customer and the bank.
0: Any bank branch has two constituencies when it comes to safety and design. There's the customers, and then there's also the employees. As long as COVID plays a prominent part in all of our lives, what will it take beyond the sanitizer station, the sneeze guard, and the other protective equipment to make both of these groups truly feel safe in the branch?
1: I really think it's about being empathetic from a corporate level at the bank to really be empathetic to the well-being of both customers and their branch staff, and to not just communicate that, but also to demonstrate it. So to really show that you're taking the steps necessary to keep things clean, to help customers practice social distancing really not just on behalf of those customers, but your employees as well. But I also think there are some other interesting outcomes that could happen here. And I think about, again, some retail experiences. I think about places like one of my favorite stores, uh, Total Wine. I love that you can order a case of wine online and go pick it up at the store. The industry term for that is called BOPIS, buy online, pick up in store. I think the difference that we've seen with COVID, something like Total Wine, now they have designated parking spots. So I can pull my car into the parking spot and there's a sign in that parking spot that says to text a certain number and to tell them what number parking spot I'm in. And they come out with my case of wine. And I got to tell you that I've been using that service not so much because I've been worried about going into the store. It's really a big store, so you don't feel overcrowded in there. But I love it because I don't have to carry the case of wine to my car. So I think about that, and I think about how can banks learn from these types of experiences? And are the four walls of the branch enough? Do we need to think a little bit beyond the four walls? What's happening in the parking lot? What's happening in the drive up? And, you know, is there an opportunity to have a designated parking spot for perhaps a quick serve kind of transaction thing? And maybe a banker comes out to help take care of that. In that way, a customer doesn't have to come inside where they might not feel quite as comfortable. I also think about drive-thrus quite a bit, and Chick-fil-A has some great stories about how they handle the drive-thru experience. Chick-fil-A can have some really, really long lines. And I drove by one just a few days ago, and it reminded me that their staff is out there helping to facilitate the orders in the drive-up line. Is there something to be learned from that as well? So I think it's just kind of thinking more broadly and really beyond the four walls of the typical bank branch.
0: You're making me hungry with all this Chick fil A talk. I think I may just need to see firsthand how they do this drive through thing. But before I dash out the door, let me again thank you, Sue Dowd, for being with us to share your insights about branch design on the BAI Banking Strategies podcast.
1: Thanks so much, Terry. It's been great fun.
0: A few takeaways from our conversation with Sue Dowd from Miller Zell. First, along with continuing to cut back on the number of branch lobbies, Financial institutions are also continuing to shrink their physical size. Sue says that means using the limited space they have in a smarter way and in a way that reflects concerns about COVID. Other design trends include personalization and localization, efforts by banks to connect more deeply with customers individually and to show themselves as being part of the community. The sharp growth in digital banking is reducing the need for teller space in existing branches, so that frees up room for those waiting and also for other functions to be performed. Sue says some financial institutions are putting in interior walls, and behind those walls, they're using some of the extra space for inbound and outbound calling. Along with being space efficient, doing that activity out of sight of customers keeps them from feeling ignored. And finally, the elephant in the room when talking about branches returning to their old ways is what to do to make customers and employees feel safe again. Things like well-spaced work and waiting areas, physical barriers, and sanitizer stations are all important steps. Sue is also thinking outside the four walls. She suggests measures used by restaurants and retailers that could also work for banks. Among her ideas are curbside service for transactions and changes to drive throughs If you've made it this far, that means you found listening to this week's BAI Banking Strategies podcast worthwhile, and we encourage you to share this podcast with others. I'm Terry Badger, Managing Editor at BAI. Please join us again next week for another conversation on an important issue for the financial services industry.